Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. We uh, continue in the series today on the Beatitudes, character development. The Sermon on the Mount, it goes for three chapters in Matthews, five, six and seven. And what's commonly referred to as the Beatitudes is part of that sermon. It goes for uh, 12 verses in Matthew chapter 5. And Luke also refers to it for six verses in Luke chapter 6, verses 20 to 26. And I've entitled my message today, Mercy Has Its Own Reward. You know, the merciful receive mercy. I see in the Bible many promises that are not necessarily conditional per se, but to receive the fullness of the reward of the promise, they are very conditional could very easily sum it up by saying sowing and reaping sow sparingly reap sparingly so we want to mercy we got to sow mercy to receive mercy there has to be a sowing or a giving of mercy i want to focus on one verse of the beatitudes that i believe falls into this category of sowing and reaping and uh it's verse 7 matthew chapter 5 blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy My understanding of this scripture is that I want the fullness of the blessings of God's mercy, I need to be merciful myself. If I want the fullness of it, the whole lot of it. See, I understand the grace and mercy of God are available to all and he displays it generously. But I believe we can miss out on the fullness of the reward of being merciful when we're not merciful. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. So we're called to be merciful to all. Not just the ones we want to be, but to all. Not called to execute justice. That's God's department. Why? Because he's the only one that can execute justice correctly, which is righteously. We can't do it righteously. God can. We need justice, yes, but it's up to God to execute it righteously. See, many times... Probably my whole life, actually, I've been into justice, my kind of justice. You can imagine that's not quite like God's kind of justice. And, uh, but God revealed to me through the Holy Spirit that I should stop seeking my kind of justice, but instead seek mercy, both to give it and to receive it. Sometimes we forget to receive the mercy of God as well. But also, we, we've got to give mercy. We've got to give mercy to those that don't deserve it. And... Uh, you know, it's linked to grace, it's linked to compassion, it's linked to all sorts of things. But also, we've got to say, well, God was merciful to me. You know, God was merciful to me, a sinner. God was merciful to all of us when he sent his son to die for us. There's mercy in God. Without the mercy, and see with the miracles that we've been hearing about and Ella was sharing and others, that they're all linked to mercy. God has mercy on us. You know, therefore the miracles can flow. And we need mercy, the mercy of God. See, God is happy to execute justice, righteous justice that is, but we're often happy to execute the person instead. That's what we try to do. We want to execute them. We want to be big into payback, revenge, vengeance. God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But the thing is, sometimes we forget that it belongs to God and we want to execute the justice, our so-called, you know, hang them justice, you know, hang them from the highest tree kind of justice. But the thing is, 
We should be seeking the mercy and grace of God for our life and also to give it out as well. Or put another way, justice calls for the sinner to be punished. Mercy allows the sin to be punished, but the sinner to be forgiven. Mercy allows for another to pay the price of sin instead of the sinner. Yeah. I like the way that goes. Mercy allows for another to pay the price of sin instead of the sinner. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's mercy. That's the mercy of God. He made him and knew no sin. He was not a sinner, yet he died for us. Jesus had the special, uh, on earth, the special mandate, assignment, whatever word we want to use, to come and die for the sinner, to come and die for us. Who does that? We read it in Romans. We know the scriptures. Who does that voluntarily? No one but Jesus. (laughs) He does it. But amazing that he did that for us. That's the mercy of God. He made Jesus, his only begotten son, and he sent him to die in our place. He took the punishment for our sin. He took what should have been the justice of God upon, that came upon Jesus. And amazing, when you read the account of Jesus being crucified, that sin was so dark that there was darkness on the earth. The whole earth became so dark. He sweated blood. It became that much the weight of sin. It was just so horrific what happened to Jesus and it was because of man's sin, not because of his own. And uh, that's the true mercy of God. See, through repentance and forgiveness of sins, we can become the righteousness of God. Without mercy, that can't happen. We can't be what God requires us to be without the mercy of God, without repentance, without forgiveness, you know, with Without mercy, we receive the punishment of sins, which is death, eternal death, that is, spiritual death. I'll say it again. Because of mercy, God's mercy, we become the righteousness of God. That's amazing when you think about it. But what is righteousness? Short answer, right standing with God. Longer answer, justification and sanctification. We, we all start out the same place. Every single one of us, we start out in condemnation. We're condemned. What does it say? Everyone knows John 3.16, or just about. A lot of unsaved people even know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What about what follows that? Verse 17 or 18. He says, he who doesn't believe is condemned already. I think it's 17, verse 17, when Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world because the world is condemned already. Those who don't believe in Jesus are condemned already. So we start out all in the same place. Every single one of us is condemned from the moment that we are conceived. We are condemned, but for the grace and the mercy of God that sent Jesus Christ, we can become the righteousness of God through him. What an amazing story that Jesus has done. Praise God for that. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 backs us up. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's talking about spiritually. We're spiritually dead to God. And he made, sorry, and you he made alive who were dead in trespass and sin. See, Christ becoming dead for our sin speaks of our justification. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, we just read it. 
He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that through Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus became that justification or provided that justification. So, so Jesus becoming dead speaks of our justification. The believer becoming dead, dead to sin, speaks of our sanctification. That is application of the cross to the self-light in spirit, soul and body. That is dead to sin but alive to God. The application of the cross. You know, the principles of the cross. What does the cross represent? It represents a humbling. Jesus humbled himself. It represents pain. It, rep- it represents suffering. It represents denying self. But it also rem- represents the mercy of the living God. The mercy that God sent. That's a miracle. You look around this room, every single born again believer is a miracle. A miracle that God has brought forth because we have humbled ourselves and we've come to believe that Jesus died for our sin and we believe in Jesus and we're not going to perish. But, you know, even if we die physically, we're not going to perish spiritually. We're going to live forever in the, in, in the kingdom of the living God. What's, if that's not a miracle, what's a miracle? Praise God for the miracle that he took us. All came from the one place. We all came from condemnation. We all came from the same spot, but we heard the word, we humbled ourselves, we received the promise of the word. Praise God, we received it into our heart. Praise him for that. See, justification comes from us, supplied by God, but sanctification, I believe, comes from us. It depends where we position ourselves. In the devil's kingdom, ready to punish anyone who sins against us, or in God's kingdom, ready to give mercy to anyone that sins against us. That's a kingdom principle. That's the kingdom of God. You know, to clarify what I've been saying, justification, we are declared righteous by acceptance of Jesus. Sanctification, we become righteous by applying the principles of the cross. Mercy is definitely a principle of the cross. It's definitely part of the cross. Without mercy... If God, if Jesus didn't have mercy for us, would he have gone to the cross? Would he have loved us so much? The ones that were, you know, ridiculing him, the ones that were spitting at him, the ones that were putting him through all that pain, all that physical pain and suffering. And then he had the spiritual pain and suffering of being separated from his father. My father, my father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The first time in his whole life that he was separated from the love of the father. The first time in his whole life, he did, you know, sin had separated him. When the Bible says that sin separates us from God, it's the truth. Jesus was separated from his Father on the cross. But because of the cross, we could be put back with the living God. Yeah, we can come back. It can be renewed, that relationship be resumed. See, I looked up some definitions of mercy it says compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone even though it is within one's power to punish or harm there's another one that's like it it might not be up there but there's another one mercy is the compassionate treatment of those in distress especially when it is within one's power to punish or harm them the word mercy derives from the medieval latin merced or mercies which means price paid. It has the connotation of forgiveness, benevolence, 
and kindness. Price paid. <laughs> Praise God. That's mercy. Price paid. Also, mercy is the pity of God upon the miserable condition of the sinner because of sin. <laughs> Does anyone know a happy sinner? Really? No. We could have all sorts of examples. You know, when the temporal joy of sin is compared to the permanent joy of being in the kingdom of the living God, there is no comparison, is there? No, when you have a, an assurance of your salvation, when you know who you are in Jesus Christ, when you know that God is your, your saviour, your provider, all those kinds of things, there is great joy. Even what Jesus said, didn't he? Or what it says in Hebrews about Jesus. I quote this scripture just about every time I preach. <laughs> every time I share the word. You know, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of the living God. Who for the joy, was it the joy of the cross? No, who wasn't the, the joy of the pain and the suffering, but it was the joy of the outcome. Where the outcome of the cross? It was for the joy of the outcome. Praise God for his mercy that he put up with me. Praise God that he led me to righteousness. Praise God that he led me to faith. Praise God that he drew close to me and I could draw close to him. How close I want to draw to God is up to me. How close you want to draw to God is up to you. you know, that's part of that sanctification that's up to us. How far do we want to separate ourselves from the world and be separated unto God? But praise Jesus for the joy that was set before him. But to get to that joy, he had to go through the pain and the suffering. To get to the joy, he had to do what God required him to do. To get to that joy, he had to be obedient. To get to that joy, same with us. But Jesus, we can be the, the recipients of his joy. We are his joy. You just imagine he, he's gone through that pain and suffering and everyone repentant sinner that comes home to him every person that's born again of his spirit that brings more joy to him it builds upon that joy you know let's fill the place the earth i mean and jesus will have that much joy much more joy praise god see the word mercy appears 99 times in the book of psalms 33 of those 99 it is accompanied by his mercy endures forever. 33 times. Just in the book of Psalms. That's enough, enough reason to read the book of Psalms, isn't it? <laughs> Compassion is very close to mercy. Compassion is sorrow for the sufferings of another with the urge to help. We could add pray for and or provide the help as well. <laughs> James talks about that, doesn't he? More than just the urge to help. More than just the urge to exercise the faith. He, James encourages to do actually something about it. I will show you my faith by my works. And I would, and it goes on. They had that, read it in James chapter 2, I think it is. 1 or 2. It's there. Read the whole book and you will find it. But the thing is, you know, Jesus had compassion on the lost. How many times was Jesus moved with compassion? Numerous times. I didn't look that one up. But the thing is, numerous times, but how many times are we moved with compassion? How many times are we moved with compassion for the lost? See, that's what will move us to the lost, is the compassion. There needs to be a compassion for that lost. 
that mercy. They link very close together. And, uh, but isn't that God all over? When you talk about mercy, you talk about compassion, you talk about all those things. And when we talk about God, you know, he's having, he has the power, he has the authority, and he has the right to punish, but he chooses not to. He chooses not to do it. Not yet anyway. Not, not for now. See, I believe God's mercy for the non-believer stops at their death. I want to re- read in Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, reading from verse 19. There was a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury, luxury every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Wow, she must be a pretty hot flame, eh? Just one drop, just a dip in a finger. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can from those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. See, that's what I'm saying. I believe once we stop breathing, the mercy of God stops for the unsaved, the unrepentant, the non-believers. That's why it's imperative to share the gospel now with your five brothers. With your five brothers. You may not have five brothers. I've got five brothers. <laughs> but it may be just your sister. It may be just your brother. It may be three or four. It may be just your neighbor. If you haven't got a brother or sister, find someone else's brother or sister. You know, to share the gospel to share the good news. You know, why we still have the opportunity? Why we still can be merciful? Why? It's no good of us judging. It's no good of us, you know, condemning the lost. We're called to seek and save those who are lost. We are called to, to forgive. You know, Jesus said, For, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They didn't know what they were doing. They thought they were doing God a favor. In fact, you know, they weren't. But they were crucifying Jesus thinking they were doing God a favour. They stoned Jesus thinking they were doing God a favour. They do all sorts of things sometimes people do, thinking they're doing God a favour. It's no good of us, you know, just condemning those things. We need to pray. We need to also share the gospel. People are not going to be set free 
from the lies without hearing the truth, the truth of the gospel. You know, Jesus said he had all authority and he said, go therefore in this authority. He says, I am the truth. Go therefore in the truth. You know, we have the opportunity. We have the way to go. See, we can't punish the sinner. We've got to show compassion, mercy, forgiveness and pray for the release from their prison. Most people are just caught in the prison. I was caught in the prison. Whether that prison be unbelief, whether it be deception, whether it be whatever, there's a prison people are in. I'm not talking about one with bars. I'm talking about a spiritual prison. I'm talking and they need to be loosed. We need to be set free. And just as we were, you know, the same mercy that God displayed on us, put on us, is the same mercy that we need to share with others. It could be here today. You could have five brothers or one brother, one sister, or it could be you're the one. It could be that you're not born again of God's Spirit. Today is the day to be born again of God's Spirit. Why put it off any longer? If you're here today and you know that God I've been talking about, the Jesus I've been talking about, if you know you don't believe in Him, if you know you have not yet believed in Him, I should say, if you know that we, we need to ask God for strength, humble ourselves and ask Jesus into your heart. If you're not sure of your salvation today, you may not be sure of your salvation. You say, well, I have this wrath problem. I have this anger problem. I have this problem giving out mercy. And maybe you have not yet received mercy for yourself. Praise God for the mercy. Uh, if that's you today, if you want prayer this morning, come as the music begins to play. It may be you are born against God's Spirit. You know you're born against God's Spirit. You know and you have that assurance. But you say, well, I don't want to be so angry all the time. I don't want to be so judgmental all the time. I want God's Spirit to touch me. You could be here today. It's the mercy. Once we receive God's mercy and know what God's mercy is, we can impart that mercy to others.